Hello everybody, welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 647, recording today live, Wednesday the 9th of December 2020. Uh, lovely to see you all here. Uh, this is the podcast to do with uh, music technology, and uh, the creation of music, the recording, the technical, the mixing, the performing, all things to do with the technology surrounding music. And uh, we say thank you very much for you all for watching. Uh, you can catch us on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash sonicstate. You can catch us on, uh, obviously, YouTube Live. We stream to Facebook Live. Uh, I think we're also on a whole bunch of uh, podcasts, if there's an audio only, if that's the way you like to consume. We're actually on Spotify, Stitcher, Google, and Alexa. And you can say, yes, Alexa, play Sonic Talk podcast. Let's see how many people are rushing to turn their Alexas off at this point. Uh, so, uh, uh, but uh, oh, just before and before we go, if you f uh, wanted to support us over on Patreon, we've also got a Patreon page, which is uh, Patreon slash SonicState patreon.com slash sonic state I always get that wrong whole but this is actually a little bit out of date we've just posted some more content to do with the uh, ALM system coupes and uh, uh, the patch ideas from Ed there's a whole bunch of exclusive content up there it's not just early access uh, in fact most of the stuff is exclusive content there and would continue to be and uh, we wanted to keep it separate so it had a little more value for all you folks so uh, if you fancy going to that and uh, you also uh, let me just find the other overlay thing yeah, head over to, uh, we've got a Discord server, uh, bit.ly slash Sonic Discord will get you over there. There's actually a little Patreon uh, private area if you're a supporter there, so uh, feel free to do that as well. Anyway, that's all the plugging out of the way. Oh, it nearly is. Actually, I should say uh, we've also got uh, uh, support from Isotope, which is very kind. They've got a special URA if you, URL. If you go to isotope.com forward slash Sonic Talk and put the code SONIC10 uh, in, when you check out, you save 10% on all their products. And that is actually uh, our very own landing page and very own code. So if you want to save some percentage on that, head over to isotope.com forward slash Sonic Talk. And of course, that's all their stuff. That's all their award-winning RX-8, Music Production Suite, Neutron, Ozone 9, the whole lot. And while you're there, you can check out all of their tutorials. They've got a ton of stuff over there. But with all that out of the way, let's say hello to our guests. And we'll start with Mr. Charles Chicky Reeves, because we've got another guest who we haven't seen for ages. Charles Chicky Reeves, chickyandcoco.com, in his mix lair in London there, where he's uh, been doing a lot of mixing, I understand. How are you? I'm doing very well. It's good to see you again. Uh, it's good to be back on. I don't think I've been. It's been about three weeks, four weeks, yeah. something like that. It's been a while. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's been good. I've uh, been mixing albums, mastering albums, and doing a big production project now for Chicky and Coco, which hopefully will be done in the next <laughs> year. Well, uh, you know, I've had a lot more time this year. It's been a bit of a dumpster well, fire yeah, of the year, absolutely. but uh, you know, but next year hopefully I'll be all just busy enough that it'll take a little bit longer to finish the project but uh yeah so that's been very busy it's been very and good I, I can and see uh, you've got your special name badge there so that's just in case you forget I, who you are in the morning you know, I, that's that's fabulous I, actually i wore this because I, I thought it'd be quite funny i've i've got a uh, client i was telling once like oh i should do like they did back in the 60s and get a lab coat with my name monogrammed on it and the name of the studio on it and uh just like a couple weeks later in the post uh, he had sent me this, and it's got. Let me set my iced tea down. So it's got this, and then on the back, it's got like my old studio and everything. Oh, <laughs> nice! Yeah, so he had, he had this made for me. I thought oh, that's very sweet. I love this. Yeah, so uh, it fits perfectly. 
and uh and it's my official attire for the for the studio when you know on the days where i'm not just wearing pajamas <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> which there are a few days that are like that yeah well why the hell not hey eh? why the hell not uh well exactly. lovely to have you and uh, we've also got mr cory banks mob that mob bat modular we haven't seen you for such a long time cory in fact it's so long i'm pretty sure your beard has got longer and your synth collection has <laughs> yeah. certainly grown how are you cory these are the results of of covid quarantine just let the beard grow and get more sense. <laughs> I'm Seems good, about, yeah, that's like the world plan, I think, pretty much. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's good to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Well, Corey, you've been busy, man. You've uh, not only have you obviously been doing B Boy Tech Report, but uh, you've launched your first uh, modular. I'm going to play a little bit of your video because Modbat Modular um, released their first uh, module. So you've gone into hardware, which Yo, this is, is Corey, aka B Boy Tech. And today I'm bringing to you Modbat Modular as we launch our very first product and the brand overall. So our first product is called the Performer. So it's a multi-effects, a four-effects uh, performance effects unit, right? Yeah, I, won't play, uh, I won't play the whole thing, Corey. I'll let you do it because you're going to be way more uh, adept at it than I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a multi-effects unit basically with performance in mind for Eurorack. Uh, think Chaosolator Pad or SP404, uh, at least the effects section, or XY effects from the MPC or the Force. And so I... I gotten to perform it over the last couple of years and, and getting out with uh you know an mpc or the force and euro rack and i started thinking about things that i would love to have in my rack and so i designed this this uh, uh performer and so you have a delay you got a reverb you have a glitch or sort of beat repeat and tape stop um and you can engage those with the arcade buttons uh, one by one or, you know, any combination, they can all be engaged at the same time. You can latch them or momentarily engage them. Um, and it also has a color processor. Uh, so the color processor is basically you, you turn on the color processor, there's four presets. Those four presets are a uh, classic 12 bit uh, to add texture. There's an eight bit lo-fi, then there's saturation and, um, uh, wax, which is like a vinyl simulation. And then on top of that, it has a compressor uh with sidechain for ducking so oh, it's, wow. it's a pretty creative tool yeah it's, it's like six of wow. so yeah. so how is how is it how is it going into the manufacture because <laughs> i it, i it's always a lot more than people expect right has it been a complete complete always um, been a learning experience <laughs> it's a super <laughs> journey it's been a learning experience man um i'm fortunate enough to be around people that that take pretty good care of me and and kind of uh, showing me the ropes and, and also just kind of obliging to my whims, <laughs> right? So I'm fortunate, so it's good, it's good. It's going so really well. Is it something that you you kind of came up with as a, you know, this is what I need? Because so, quite often a lot of the, a lot of people who, who first go into it are making something that they don't have and they want, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's really it in a nutshell. And I, so I I started uh, designing some things and keeping notes on things that I want to design. And it's all like, hey, if I was to do 
for example, a sampler, I would do it like this, or um, I need this thing so I could stop taking so much stuff on <laughs> to do shows with me. So it really was a, a matter of designing things out of necessity, and it became really fun. Uh, it's it's probably some of the the most fun stuff I've ever done, and just launching the company and and designing the the module and actually bringing it to market. I've found that I've used every single skill that I've ever learned in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a perfect time for it as well, because, I mean, as we know, you know, I mean, we haven't spoken to you since way before lockdown, way before this whole thing happened. So I guess it's kind of seen you through those times when you've had to stay hunkered down, right? Yeah, it definitely has. And we had some delays because I started working on it um, 2019, just before the summer and, you know, uh, that sort of stuff. And we you know, just kind of move through getting the design together and working with a couple of people. I had to get a developer and, you know, kind of work with some of that stuff. And then we got into this space where the COVID uh, um, restrictions started happening. And obviously parts and, and you know, PCB yeah. boards that were from, from China, there was a huge delay. I was actually going to be ready to to be able to show this at Superbooth, at least unofficially. I would have the, the prototype yeah. with me, but yeah, that didn't happen. No. <laughs> so, you know, it didn't happen, but I literally, like, I, I didn't have the prototype in the time that I thought I would have the prototype, so it took a little while um, and a and few months after that before I actually got a prototype in my hand and we just kind of had to keep pushing. So it definitely has kept me occupied during the quarantine. Yeah, I know. I can imagine. I mean, you know, this, as we know, this has been a very, uh, a very taxing time for all, ma all matters. I mean, we're, we're fortunately, well, I don't know what we've, we, we seem to be on the other side of the second wave in the UK. I don't know. I always find it's best not to talk about that too much because you get a lot of people who disagree that it's a thing and I don't want to get into all of that. It's just yeah, a waste yeah, of breath, certainly. really. So uh, anyway, well, let's let's start with a few uh, a few things. Right. Um, so let's start with this. Oh, well, I started with that. Uh, actually, there was there was something breaking, which uh, this just came up, which is actually quite pertinent. Uh, the Elka Aloha. Elka make that board, which is supposed to run the sort of world's fastest audio operating system. And it's this is sort of pie hat with a dedicated hardware that allows you to create, um, now if I remember correctly, it's it, it's kind of very high speed, low latency collaboration. And they've just finally released the image of this, which I know is kind of, it's not exactly... Uh, uh, well, what is it? What am I looking at? It's, uh, oh, it's this that I was looking at. It's not exactly uh, ready, Q Q2, but I just thought I'd throw that in there for a, a quick additional bit. I know it's not on the topic list, but it might be something that will help because this is one of the things that, you know, anybody who is doing music at the moment, I mean, this real-time collaborative stuff is is still just not qu not there, and we do talk about it a bit. So if you want to check that out, if uh, it's alohabyelk.com. Uh, I'm going to post that in there. I, I, I'm not expecting any comments unless anybody's have you had a, had a look at any of this i mean because some of this stuff has been uh around i guess would this would this make sense for anything that you're doing i guess if it yeah. if it can do the same sort of thing as the uh what's the audio plugin that we use listen to know. listen to yeah or audio audio movers listen to yeah uh, it, it's funny uh because well i i use obviously i use that every every single day um all, almost all all the work i've had since the lockdown since the first lockdown has been via uh via streaming i mean i originally i was like streaming on streaming to a private youtube channel and then 
Maybe I should open one of those OnlyFans channels. Anyway, right. so, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, but this this yeah, that sounds great. I, I I because the the listen to receiver part, which is the the uh, the the other direction, uh, doesn't doesn't quite work for me. I haven't quite gotten it to where where it's usable for me. But the nice thing about the listen to thing is I can at least because I'm working with people who are in in studios in California or wherever wherever they are, uh, they you know the, I'm listening to a live stream and I can go uh, you know let's change this about the bass tone or whatever you know and then they can print that and then send me the file and then I'll you know continue my work on it. But um, but yeah, just, if this if this really does is if this actually really works bi directionally really well then. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm all for it. Q Q two uh, 2021, unfortunately, Corey. So we can't have it just yet. Although there'll be, I mean, have you uh, have you found it? Because I mean, obviously, you've probably been working at home a lot. I guess you would have previously been on the road a bunch, you know, for for day job yeah. and performing and all that sort of thing. I mean, have you found you've got you've adapt you've, you've discovered new new workflows and ways that uh, that technology has enabled you to carry on doing what you're doing? Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> I think you know the, you you find that there's a lot more people that you might collaborate or work with that uh, you know uh, everybody misses performing somehow and working with other musicians. So then that's kind of the rise of Twitch and stuff like that too. Uh, but yeah, if this is the sort of thing that can allow people to work together in real time, that's that's brilliant. Um, you know, it kind of brings you to the to the place where. I think voiceover artists have been doing similar things like this, but then they have to spend lots of money on, I don't know, ISDN lines and all kinds of stuff <laughs> to make that kind of real time change. But yeah, if this is like a, a solution, I think that's brilliant. It's really interesting. ISDN is still specified with a lot of voiceover houses and studios, and it's yeah. almost like they, they almost now seems to be used as a barrier to entry. Because I've got a friend who's, uh, who's, who's, just been doing really well on uh, that, like casting extras and sort of film extras. He gets cut, but as he's seen more and more on set, people are sort of going, "Oh, he's got an interest." You know, would you be interested in voiceover work? And but that to almost to to join that world, you almost have to spend yeah. that two grand on the ISDN box and the fixed line, and it's just crazy. That's just for audio. It it's crazy. really not necessary these days, and that, that's it's. But it's like a, almost like you can't be in the club unless you unless you do that. Oh yeah, meant, yeah. They're like, this is our standard. We must. You you cannot come here unless you do that. And then, interestingly enough, on the, the block that I live on, I have two neighbors who are actually pretty well-known voiceover artists, the voice voiceover actors, and they have all of that stuff. And it, it's weird to me because from an IT perspective, it's old technology. Really <laughs> but old. it's a standard mm. in the, yeah, really old. Um, but it's a standard in the voiceover community and industry. So it's, it's interesting. Yeah, well, the, that ISDN co audio codec box, I mean, that is... I mean, I remember we used to, back in the day, if somebody needed a mix real fast, we would go over to Realwood Studios because they had, like, in the machine room, they had a an ISDN uh, two-line system. So you, we could play the DAT that would go AES into the ISDN codec and it would get recorded at the other end and the mix would be delivered sort of in real time and then they could take that and master it. I mean, I only did it a couple of times, but it was... I mean, just thinking back, it's just crazy that that's even a thing. You know, I mean, bonkers, yeah. bonkers. Anyway, I just thought I'd throw that in there. But um, okay, well, let's let's go to this one. This is uh, Reverb. Uh, I've announced their yearly uh, 
sales. I, I'm, I'm so sorry, I couldn't get who this lady was uh, in the video. I've because not seen her before on Reverb stuff. Used and nuisance, the top sellers are usually. But she doesn't get a name check. What you'd find on retailers that just sell new products. So this year, we're going to go category by category to show what was hot in the synth world. It was a crazy year in many ways, and we saw a huge surge of people buying instruments from stuff that makes sense for folks picking up a new hobby or staying creative during this year-long snow day we've all had. So let's begin with the most popular used synth. The OP-1 usually shows... Yeah, this is an interesting... Uh, I, I'm so sorry, I don't know who she was, and I wanted to, to give her a name check, but... It doesn't say in their, their own video, so it's kind of a bit hard for that. So yeah, these are the charts. So we've got uh, the overall best-selling synths, Teenage Engineering OP1. That's really yes. interesting, isn't it? That's really interesting. <laughs> Electron, and then a whole bunch of Korgs, Tori Markrofi, uh, Behringer obviously coming further up the chain, but I mean, they've been making synths for less time, so I suppose. But this is a mix of new and used. Uh, and then uh, we've got the drum machines, Volker Beats at the top, Electron Digitact, Electron's doing really well. Then vintage synths, uh, oh no, uh, modulars, Make Noise Maths at the top. Make Noise always do really well in the uh, Eurorack stuff. I know they sell, they must sell a ton of stuff because their, their modules are kind of, you know, if you're going to start a modular, it's fairly likely you might have one of their modules, I think. Uh, and then uh, ALM, and then uh, Vintage Synths, look at this. Juno 106 and DX7 yes. at the top of the list. I mean, that is, wow. I, I don't know what to make of this. Um, I want to come to you, Chicky, first. It's it's really interesting because it's not, it's not possible to know whether people are selling them because they're sick of them. Or because they want to buy something new, and it, or because you know what what it, what the driving force is. It's kind of hard to decipher that, I guess. Yeah, it's a, a there's a, I think it's a there's a logical fallacy that's called is it survivor bias? I think, where, like just because teenage engine. I mean, I I love the OP one, so I've got got one, love it, absolutely, and the OPZ. Um, the uh, but but just because something's selling doesn't does that really make it like the number one synth? Because if they're selling those and they're mostly used, so that so I mean, people hate them. And so they're, uh, that's what I, yeah, I don't know. So, I was wondering, really. <laughs> yeah. so, but, uh, but yeah, I, I was, I was kind of pleased that on their list, I've got, I've got, I think four of those. So, uh, so I've got the, let's see, the Juno 106, the OPZ, the Volca Beats. Do they, is the, is the mini log on there? I can't remember. Uh, yeah, number three. C coming in at number three on the top telling yes. six chart. I've, I should have a jingle, shouldn't I? I'd have a music bed under this, really. Oh, got all these bloody cookies. Tell them what they won, Nick. So, so, yeah, tell them what they won. So, yeah, uh, top well, top five, Teenage Engineering, Electron Digitone, which is interesting, because that's that on the face of it, in terms of launches... That I don't know that that it it didn't feel like it did as well as one would have thought. But Electron Gear mm. is is up there. You know, there a lot of Electron Gear has been really pushing the kind of envelope of of performance and and sequencing stuff. Uh, then we've yeah. got uh, Volker FM at number four, Korg Minilog, Korg Korg Monolog, and then some uh, so Mother Thirty Two Microfeet. But yeah, so there's some interesting charts. So Korg are killing it in terms of the top mm -hmm. brand. But I suppose they've perhaps got the most... And I, I, I think also, 
a lot of their stuff is kind of gateway synth. So you might buy a Volker as your first go and then sell it because you yeah. want something perhaps with more features. I mean, there are entire ecosystems mm -hmm. based around Volkers, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think, yeah. Corey? Have you got any of these? I can see you probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I do have, uh, and, and I have the, the OP1 and an OPZ um, in, in this case. Uh, and you know what? I hear a lot of talk about it, too. Uh, yeah. Certainly in the in the beatmaker community, I mean the the both of those two are huge, and at some point the OP one was not available; it wasn't around. So when people see them for sale anywhere, they just hop on them, regardless if they're two or three hundred dollars more than the, the actual yeah. retail price or whatever it might be. And of course, we've seen that those rise in prices. So yeah, definitely think you make a, a, an argument on either end of the spectrum to say well. Are they the most popular if they're selling or, you know, obviously if they're selling, somebody's buying. So, <laughs> right. It's, yeah, yeah, this is this yeah. is the stuff that nobody wants anymore, right? You could say that. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, but that OP1 yeah, does keep its price. Yeah, oh, it definitely. Does. Yeah, I think the OP1, when I, when I bought it, it was 850 US dollars. And now it's like 1200, something like that. So yeah. it's, it's insane. Well, yeah, they, they they released a, they did a new production run, didn't they? Which was uh, it was a little bit more, so it was also a price increase. But it's interesting. Anything yeah, in there I that you were surprised at, Corey? Um, I don't know. I, I think I'm surprised at any of the vintage stuff, just because the prices on those things are, are going through the roof. <laughs> like you know, I have to say, I'm not really surprised at the smaller items. Uh, that are on the the other list just because this is really like a desktop market nowadays it feels like mm. you know how in the housing market it's like oh it's a seller's market it's a buyer's market but it definitely mm -hmm. feels like it's a desktop set that you know small format drum machine and central for the market where you know it's a thing almost like modular where people have a whole desk full of you know vocas or a whole desk full of teenage engineering things and um, and, and looking for more mixer compatible stuff or little mixers that could, they could plug all of that stuff into it. Um, so yeah, I wasn't too surprised with the smaller stuff. And I, and I also would imagine that that stuff kind of goes around where it's like gateway stuff, like you mentioned, I'm going to buy this little thing, that little thing, this little thing, and I love it. Oh, but I want to upgrade to this because, you know, uh, you have a Korg Volca and then core comes out with the wave state or whatever it might be. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So that kind of changes yeah. things up. So and it's interesting. You. And yeah, the OP6, which actually arrived uh, uh, just mm -hmm. now. Uh, it's it's interesting that I think one of the things that is interesting about it is that uh, what you said about the desktop uh, market, in the same way that everybody has been, you know, obviously sitting at home and now uh, they've, they've been extending their, their micro properties, you know, like rather than move to a bigger house, what we do is we build an extension or we put, a, 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 you know, a roof over the over the, the, the yard or whatever, all of those things. And, and I guess the extent, because property is ludicrously expensive. So desktop kind of makes sense from a social, socioeconomic kind of psychology point of view, which I hadn't really thought about. Um, mm -hmm. Some of the other ones in here that, so, uh, but I was Juno sixty average use price two and a half grand. That's really oh, interesting. Wow. That is expensive, wow. and the the <laughs> Juno one is. But what it also seems to indicate is that the the reboots. Uh, well, actually, there's not much that's rebooting here that is in that being made by Beringer or by uh, Roland. I guess the D fifty. I suppose that is. Uh, is the what? Sorry. 
is the monopoly there at all? No, not at all. But I wonder if it's also down to the fact of how many of these things were originally made, because mm-hmm. you know these are all reasonably mass-produced things, aren't they? There's nothing in there that's that. Well, Suzuki Omnicord. I mean, what, what, what? <laughs> I mean, wow. what's that there for? That's bizarre. I mean, how many does it have to sell to get to number fifteen? I'm guessing not all that many. I mean, it's not yeah. even in the hundreds, is it? Surely, I don't know. Well, even like how many? How many? You know, not to keep the conversation on the OP1, but like, how many used OP1s are flying through there? It's just kind of a, it's yeah, it's, I, it's, I, a, it's a it's a it's a very hard metric. I don't, I don't I'm not really sure how they came about it. That said, though, I like the video, and I, I you know, it was it was you know, it was very interesting, and you know, that's so, a good one. So uh, hold on, I just want to uh, Baswax heart hurts in the YouTube chat. We're better off with the OAP one. I like that. Good. Good bit of punnery there. Nice work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, I mean, God, and, and to be honest, in terms of music tech, I mean, what is it? Is it 10 years plus old now, is it? Must yeah. be getting on for yeah. that. That's quite yeah, old te- yeah. old for new technology. And the fact that it's still considered very desirable and is is a digital instrument. You know, it's not like it's, a DX. It's weird. It's, it, it is. It is. Of, I mean, I've off camera. I've got you know a bunch of cents and stuff. And in fact, I counted them. I've got twenty eight cents in here. <laughs> um, oh hardware cents. <laughs> um, but the but OP is my favorite. It's by far. It's my favorite. I it's the one I use for everything. You know yeah, that well, it that seems mo- to be one- moonweed sound that's on it. Oh, I love that sound. And I and I I love the way the drums quantize on there it's just really nice mm-hmm. you know I, oh, I look, love it I, I love see Corey's, Corey's fondling uh, his OP1 that always got a mod yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the thing about the design right I mean like this is a very sleek design I think if you didn't know much about it it would be desirable just because wow that is eye candy and um, yeah I switched the, the knobs on mine so you just to um, is that because they broke something off, off camera? Is that because they wore no, out? <laughs> no, actually, they didn't. I just kind of like immediately was like, I want different knobs. I kind of wanted something a little more taller. And this is actually, I like these are rubberized. But yeah, the design Isn't and this what it's supposed fact- to be like? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I've got one yeah, of those as well, actually. I must remember to take the batteries out of it so it doesn't First synth. First oh, yeah, synth. yeah. For, first synth. <laughs> I bought it brand new for $50 from a Skaggs Alpha Beta, which is a chain of grocery stores in the Southwest in the United <laughs> States. Ah. Oh, look, cheers. Ooh. Thank you, Wagyu. Wagyu's uh, contributing to the Christmas drinks list. That's very kind of you there. Uh, anybody yes. else who feels like it, Super Chat or stickers in the chat room is always welcome on YouTube. Um, now, uh, before we go any further, I also want to say that uh, there will be a Christmas qu- quiz this year. We are. I'm mm-hmm. working with uh, Midiera, a guy called Chris, uh, who you might know of Midiera. He's made some hardware stuff and some, so- uh, some Max for Live devices. And he said, oh, do you want me to do some questions? And we're just working out how that's going to work because we did it last year with a leaderboard and everything i've refined the system because it was frankly <laughs> really uh, didn't work quite mathematically but I've, now i've worked on the maths so we'll have a leaderboard and everything so that'll be on the 23rd the wednesday the last wednesday before christmas uh, was the 23rd so i think on previous last year we we had a really big break because of the way that christmas fell but this year it's going to be the day before christmas eve so we'll be doing a christmas mm. quiz i'm not quite sure uh I'll put the, the, but stay tuned for all that sort of stuff. Anyway, yeah, if you want to peruse, oh, actually, before we go, yeah, top top synths by brand, order volume, Korg, Roland, Yamaha, Moog, Beringer. So I guess all the usual suspects, I suppose. I don't know whether Mm -hmm. or not these graphs 
actually signify, yeah, well, they do seem to, yeah, top news since. So Berenger heading for top, top spot, unsurprisingly, because they make so much stuff. Teenage engineering. That's really wow. so. Well, that's new. They pocket so, operators and things like that too. So that those sell like crazy, yeah. I'm sure. Well, volume, I guess, Korg would be volume as well. If it was, if it was, if it were U.S. dollar amount, it might be a different graph, I suppose, because yeah. a lot of those Korg is killing it. Korg is absolutely killing it. I, I, yeah. I, they haven't put out anything. They haven't oh, wait, put out hold anything. On. Good lord, fifty. Are you sure you typed that in right, Technomatic? That's that's crazy. <laughs> That I think is that's very that, sweet. Whoa. So that's a pint each. <laughs> wow. Technomatic Simon Forsyth, top chap. I hope to see him again. He's oh. visited Sonic Sonic Towers before. That's very kind of you. Oh, and Simon. Very, yes, I know Simon. Very, very kind. And, and yeah, wow. I don't know what to say. I feel like I should do a dance or something, but I, I think I'll spare that. <laughs> right. Um, let's get on to something, uh, something else. Um, ah, yeah. Let's take a look. Oh, yeah. This is uh, product news. Big product news out yesterday so yeah Arturia V Collection 8 we've got uh, four new completely new synths the June the June 6 V which is obviously a Juno 6 D maybe 60 yeah and this is the intro part we'll let this play for this There's a new vocoder, which is uh, and a new emulator too. And what else is there? I've got the list here. OBXA. So 28 instruments now. So this is the big release. Here they come. Four new instruments. Yeah, Gina, John 6B. Vocoder V. OBXA V. Of which emulator two V. So yeah, I mean, I guess this is one of those kind of uh, calendar type things that uh, Artoria kind of do regularly. I mean, they've been on fire recently, and I have to say, I've not really used many of their V instruments all that much. I use the Analog Lab a little bit, uh, but what, when I was testing the M1 Mini, which is sadly boxed and ready to go uh, over there, sadly it's going back to Apple tomorrow. Um, I I tried the Jupiter Eight V. Because uh, Alex Mylar Melody said, "Oh, try that because that that demands quite a lot of CPU as well." Because I was instructed to use Diva. Uh, a lot of uh, users uh, on their Patreon said, "Oh, yeah, try Diva on it because that's a hog." And it, it's, I'd not played with it uh, in a comparison, and it sounded really, really good. I mean, it was massive, and uh, and mm. uh, quite rightly so. So this is kind of big news. I don't know if uh, I guess I, I know. Um, Corey, I mean, I know you're very much in hardware, but obviously some projects require repeatability. Have you have you got the V Collection? Have you got some of their stuff? I do have the V Collection, and I tend to upgrade. I, I don't use it as much as I used to use it, um, that I've gotten more hardware since. But, I mean, it comes in clutch, right? You just never know. And their, their uh, emulations sound absolutely wonderful. I mean... There's no way around that. I haven't really heard anything in their batch that doesn't sound great and kind of pull you in. And and also for me, you know what it's done is it keeps me from uh, lusting after certain things because you can get such a good representation out of it. And, and the vintage aftermarket is so expensive. And these things are really well done. They really put a lot into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I would agree mm-hmm. with that. I mean, it's it's interesting because when the when the, the early virtualizations came out, it was we were sort of below the threshold that made it 
that made it possible technologically to sound good. Mm-hmm. And they looked great, but they did. I like, I mean, and many, many emulations back then didn't sound that great. But now, they, whatever they've been doing, it they sound, I mean, I'm, well, I'm talking a lot of years ago, but in the early days, but now they really seem to have kind of upped it. I know, Charles, you're a, you're a fan, right? Mm-hmm. I am. Yeah, I've got a, I mean, I've got, obviously, I've got their synths and stuff too, but they're, yeah, I started on the V collection, I think, when it was the third version. I'm up on seven right now. I haven't upgraded to eight, and the only reason I haven't is because I cannot seem to get their website to respond right now, because I, I think because this is just released and everybody's downloading stuff. Maybe. Maybe that's what it is. I, I'm not sure. But um, but uh, the so the thing that excites me the most about this is the emulator. And the reason why is because I I have that was one of the first samplers I ever had, and uh, it's this stock library that they had that went with it. I know you can. I mean, I could load some of it into my Kurzweil. I've got you know the wave files and stuff, but just to actually have it sounding like it came out of the out of the emulator too, that's that's the that's to me the worth the price of admission and i think it's it's mm-hmm. the upgrade is what 199 euro yeah i think it's or dollars euros, like yeah. so it's, it's a yeah. chunky one but it's got four it is but you get and... so much you know you, you get so much but although i even though i do have a lot of hardware since i do find myself like even today i was mixing something and somebody asked for um like a, a very 70s kind of uh sequence sort of thing so yeah i used the 2600 it sounded like immediately it was immediately what they wanted there yes this is the sound and i use their um i use their the i have i have a, a Rhodes in the in the live room but i use their their roads because it's it sounds great it's Lighter. easy you know <laughs> yeah it's, it, it is like i i used to lug that Rhodes around with me to gigs you know actually carrying that and a oh. and a vox ac15 and uh now there's i can't i can't even i like i struggle to lift that thing at all just to you know to put pads under the legs so they don't dig into the floor it's very difficult to carry but this you know the, the arterial one is much easier to carry you know yeah absolutely Fits well, unless a, of course you're using a, a supercomputer in a massive flight. yeah it's interesting, isn't it, Corey? I mean, the uh, you know the, the stuff. That, the other thing I think that what they've also done here is they've uh, updated Analog Lab, so you get uh, more macros and that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I the other thing that's kind of interesting is because we've just had the whole and we didn't talk about it, but the Behringer swing versus the key step, and then here come <laughs> Arturia with their software emulations, which is it. In the finesse of the argument, if you're just taking bullet points, it does seem a little bit uh, uh, um, challenging to, to to kind of argue on either uh, defence based on that. But I That's guess it's all. Point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what is it? You 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 either clone and hardware emulating software, and is it really that different? Right? Like <laughs> that's a, that's an interesting point. Um, but I will say, you know, what's interesting. Is it me or do we see these? The V collection more often. I feel like they used to be every couple years, and now they're, they're like clockwork. Every year, you tend to get a, a new V collection because I've been uh, I've had those right. for a long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and well, and so it's cool to think that. But I'm wondering, like, wow, they really they're really getting aggressive, and uh, you know, to think about right now, they're probably figuring out at some point what's going to be the next thing. They probably have a list of things that well, they're going to include. I mean, I think the thing is, is they've basically been really successful. You know, they made a load of money, so they've got money to put back into investment and and, and new products. You know, because most of the stuff they've made, I can't. I mean, I can't think of anything that's been a dog. Maybe Drumbrew, 
I mean, and that. Well, I'm not. I'm not saying I, it was. It was bad. It's just maybe not as successful as some of the other things. You know, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't I know the if drum that's even right. Drumbird Impact. I love that thing. That that thing is great. Yeah. Um, but I guess the 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 regular drumbird didn't have like, it didn't have like the drive on it and stuff. I think. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think they made that. Um, the the, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. What was that? Oh no! I was saying that on drum hoop, the original drum brute, uh, there was a lot of people that were not really in love with the kicks on the drum brute, but the drum brute impact kick <laughs> is a, is a otherworldly. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's a, it is fantastic. Uh, yeah, I'd, what did they have? They made they haven't made a bad a bad. I'm looking at like four different things. They made. I I can't think of anything they've made that I haven't liked. I had I had problems with one piece of kit but then they they fixed it so fast where i was like their customer service was unbelievable it was really responsive and you know mm, so interesting yeah. well i guess that's what happens when you've got all those resources at your demand you know at your disposal you can start to do that kind of stuff i mean that's the thing i mean as as i'm sure you're aware you know the little guys it's like how do you deal with returns? What are you supposed to do? You know, I mean, obviously you try and be as generous and as reasonable as possible, but sometimes, you know, when you've got massive scale, you just go, yep, yeah, here's another one. You know, I mean, yeah, I guess, yeah, but right. smaller smaller stuff, you can't, you've got to build that that stuff into your business model and it's tough. I mean, you know, and I guess they're, they're one of the big guys now because they're software and hardware. They must be, mm -hmm. they must have the largest product range of any manufacturer outside of Behringer possibly. I mean, I, 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 that is a complete guess. I don't know, maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe so. Maybe. I, Gosh, we have a lot of yeah. uh, anyway, right. Well, I just want to throw that in. There. Sorry, I, I did throw this shot up, but I haven't actually lined it up properly. It looks terrible. <laughs> it's my Kojak. <laughs> it's the Kojak one. You know, it's the sort of, you know, I'm going for the, hey, but it, I didn't, it, it, hasn't, it hasn't, hasn't worked out right. Um, okay, so what else have we got? So we've got a little bit more. Uh, ah, well, um, Top oh, oh yeah, holiday project plans. I mean, there's not really anything to play for this, and I wondered whether I'd gone a bit too early because it was Christmas, and because we still got a couple of shows yet left before. But uh, and it's kind of weird considering th this whole year has been kind of a holiday project, right? So uh, in many ways, because we've had uh, some of us have had more time on our hands than others. Perhaps I mean that's not the same for everybody. I agree. Um, anybody got any plans for holiday projects? I I, I don't know if uh, if there's you know while there is maybe some downtime. I don't know. Have you you got anything on that uh, you're thinking of wanting to do? Design some new modules maybe, or uh, I don't know. Spend more time with the yeah the synths. Well. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> there's there's a, a, a some new modules I'm actually working on that you know we're gonna uh, start up here soon uh, to kind of fill out the the, the offering the line. Um, but you know what I do have since doing this entire mod app thing and uh, fortunate enough to build a community behind it of people that want to combine modular synthesis and hip hop. Um, we have a compilation project coming out. Uh, and, it, and it's been a bit delayed because, you know, I have to be able to have the time to, to do the administrative stuff behind that. But we have something like 20 submissions. So it'll either be uh, one big project or it'll be two, you know, regular size projects. So, I, so, I, it could be a double album, yeah. like a concept mm, album, yeah, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Gatefold. Right. Exactly, they'll fold out and everything. Yeah, well, yeah, you so could that, actually you'd have two, wouldn't you? You go two, so you'd be three wide. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> one day. <laughs> classic, classic. Um, yeah. So I yeah, try... gotta get that one. Oh, excellent, Charles. What about yourself? Just so maybe time do off. Do you mean? Well, so is it? 
are we working on like holiday music pro- I projects know. or I, I don't know. projects Just during a, the holidays? I guess because uh, I, I can't. I, I don't remember if I mentioned this pre-show or during the show. So forgive me if I'm repeating myself. But so I am doing this this project. It's a it's a chicken cocoa project with uh, other people, and that's basically all I plan on doing starting tomorrow up through January fifth ish somewhere around there wow so yeah that's my that's my my thing i'm just you, you know bring in uh as you know social distancing we're all quarantining we're all being safe you know um but i i am bringing in the necessary musicians to to uh put this project together so it's sort of a it's a like a lo-fi hip-hop meets sort of jazz and a bit of soul but it was strong on melodies that's you know they're songs they're not okay. just nice. tracks so yeah so that we're, we're doing a full album of that kind of stuff so yeah Excellent. we'll see we'll see if it's done in time <laughs> well i mean speaking of albums i know andy's been working behind the scenes he had the idea of doing like a sonic winter album getting all the contributors which i know he's been emailing you i've been kind of leaving it up to him because it's his project um but I, i'm hoping that one of my what, what i'm going to try and do is, is is contribute a track to that over the christmas holidays as well because i think we pushed mm. we were aiming for a pre-christmas but that was just pretty unrealistic so we're going there will be i don't know what it's going to be called i don't know who's who are, we've had a few in and uh it's going to be great uh, apart from my track we'll probably have to uh that's the problem when you've got all these professional people who can do these fantastic mixes and then you come up with something that's maybe got three synths and an, an infinite reverb there you know there, there are comparisons are going to be made there's nothing you can do about it but that will be coming up sometime uh in the not too distant future early next year that's what we're hoping for um so that'll be good but um yeah it's well you know i'm a big fan of your music so i think uh, i think it'll be it'll be a good addition to that well that's, to i the, hope i hope i've got something that can you know warrant at least a couple of minutes uh okay so oh, well, while we're on the subject of christmas uh here's a here's a thing this is an interesting idea, actually. This is called uh, Patch, this is Patch TCG, TCG. The first card game for modular synthesis. Game might not be the right word, but it's a lot easier to say than a malleable set of tools for practice, learning, and inspiration. The idea came from watching friends and other modular enthusiasts patch with my own setup and make choices and use settings that had never really occurred to me to make, even with modules that I felt I'd essentially mastered. I thought... Okay, so it's quite a long video, um, but it's just an interesting idea, actually. I mean, I guess it's similar in many ways to the concept of the sort of Eno cards, and there's been a few other things ah, a bit like that. I've got and a set just, of those right here behind me. I'm just trying to find the page right. for it. Yeah, Patch TTG. I, I, I think there are uh, different cards. You get a abstraction, so like use only half of your modules chosen at random, turn every attenuator down by half for each connection, flip a coin if heads unpatch. Some interesting ideas there, Corey, and you're kind of into the world of modular i mean i think sometimes we we do get a little bit stuck in our ways even though even with modulars you know to that i this always goes here so this is it's an interesting idea right yeah it is a very interesting idea especially when you get to a situation where i think for for most people that start to perform out you tend to make a case that's your performance case and some things are pre-patched despite the idea that this is modular and the idea of being sort of random or impromptu but when you get into a live case a lot of stuff is pre-patched and you kind of know what that setup is or if you have a, a another system there you tend to 
get into those, uh, you just kind of, I won't call it rut, but you, you get routine. Things become routine. Yeah. I patch this, I patch that, I patch that. This goes here, this goes here. I think this is a, a really dope way to, to kind of switch things up and disrupt your own uh, sort of routine. Um, you know, and it may even be sometimes I got to say, I mean, even with 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 modular, everybody falls into kind of creative weird spaces, whether it's a block or a rut. Um, and you could probably use this to spark some stuff and get you out of your routine or even just to get you start to patch and to hear something different. Because, for instance, I might have um, uh, uh, like any one of us, I could give any of you this case in front of me. It will all sound different with yeah. you. Yeah, so yeah, the idea that there's some something else that can tell you patch this way, where it'll be like hanging out with a friend and a friend says, "Oh, do this and do that." That's different from what you do. I think it's a, a great way. I uh, just if I don't know if yeah. it's still there. I think uh, uh, Technomad. I think it's gone past. Uh, it says, where, where is the buy another module card? <laughs> Which I think is, <laughs> is, is absolutely uh, valid because that's probably... Uh, uh, it's an interesting idea. <laughs> It'd be like Uno, I four. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's a great... It's a cool idea. I I, I use the... Uh, I do use the um, Oblique Strategies, the Brian Eno one, quite a bit. Uh, it's... And uh, I like things that do sort of shake stuff up. And I and uh, but the only thing is, I don't I don't have anything really modular. I've got I've got no. you know my Mo grandmother and stuff that has is you know, semi modular, but uh, that's about it. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, nothing that doesn't matter. The modular world. I just haven't I gone think... haven't gone that direction. <laughs> so I think that's fine. I mean, uh, one thing that uh, I will say about this is it. Unfortunately, they haven't got any stock, and it's not coming till December the twenty third. So it's rather disappointing that you can't actually get it for Christmas. But January is traditionally the time when you have a low point, maybe creatively, and you you know you kind of need a bit of a a, a bunch of ideas uh, going there. But it's a great idea. So yeah, it's just patch. Uh, patchtcg.com is basically I, I posted it in the comments it should it should be timed to the the way that it works here um okay like, one thing about that the the patch tcg is what i think is cool because i watched the video and they have a point where you could roll a dice and if you number your modules you could roll a dice and that'll tell you which module you should patch um and but i kind of think that would be fun to play with friends when there's no social distancing needed right if yeah. you had to say group of three or four friends there and you roll the dice and pick a card and it dictates what the, you should do and then the next person takes the time and kind of see this collaborative patch come together with that card game as the the driving force to it i think that would be pretty fun yeah that's an interesting idea actually not a bad shout i mean there's lots of ways you could use it i guess i mean and that's the thing i mean modular is so extensible and so multifaceted i mean you could do kind of pretty much whatever you know whatever you you want uh okay what else have we got uh i had there's a topic up here so yeah. oh yeah uh oh yeah here we go let's see if i can find it uh i think that's the this guy Ooh. so this was um oh, yeah. this was the, i didn't I know you could do this so, anyway i'll play it this is the path the tape takes around the drum now as the tape moves around the drum during recording the heads lay down a trail of magnetic patterns, or picture information.
that was it, really. I mean, it's just this was on Reddit on uh, uh, Reddit synthesizers, which is always a, a, a great uh, source of uh, um, topics and just kind of general stuff. Um, and I didn't know. I just didn't know that that was possible. Rib, make your own ribbon controller that easy. I mean, it's just the resistance between the one voltage and then the ground point making the connection. So you just have a, a constant, and and there you go. And I just thought, wow, that's cool. Well, that was by somebody called NBiz Music. Uh, I couldn't embed the video, or there wasn't anywhere else, so I can't link to them necessarily. Um, I I suppose what this really started was, um, you know, what. Any cludges you can share, you know, things that, that you aren't supposed to work or you didn't know could do that, uh, uh, that maybe you've got a kind of, oh, yeah, I've got a piece of tin foil that I, I use on whatever, you know, I don't know. I, I, maybe while you think, I'll start, because mine was, I used to use it in my live set. Uh, BeatStep Pro has the, um, the two channels output. And what I did is I used the velocity output uh, so that I'd have a sequence of notes which would be CV control, then I'd have a velocity output that would separately control the the second oscillator's pitch. So you'd end up with it. It was it was a, it wouldn't scale very well, and you had to kind of find the right point. So you could actually dial in the the velocity for each step, and that would tell you how far apart that second oscillator would be. It's not kind of what it was designed for because it's not a MIDI CV and it's not scale. But that's that was my kind of clutch for getting a kind of a duophonic voice out of a single BeatStep Pro channel. So, I, so I'll start with that. So then, I don't know, um, Corey, you've probably got something up your sleeve, even though your sleeves are up, r rolled up and there's not much room there. <laughs> They're very short. <laughs> well, I don't know. Actually, I've seen, uh, I've seen something like that done. I want to say it was on... Uh, uh, Make Noises IG channel, they tend to do really cool experimenting sort of things like that on the on their channel to kind of tell you like, hey, this module can do this and that. So I actually have seen them do the ribbon controller like that. But I think for me, about the closest thing I've come is like, you know, I noticed there's a buzz where there shouldn't be. I sampled it. And then, you know, I've, I've taken a, a, a patch cable that's connected and <clears throat> one end is not connected to tap it and I'll tap out drums and build drums from that sort of thing. And I remember doing this and kind of creating this entire track off of stuff that you shouldn't make tracks with that kind of comes from tapping a cable or a buzz that's coming from somewhere. Uh, this particular instance, I did all that and built this track that I was so like excited about and then my system crashed. So I, oh, I don't have any <laughs> Isn't that always the way? <laughs> That's um, right. <laughs> uh, there's a there's a few here. Uh, actually, if we go to this one, uh, Orismatic has said uh, BlueTac over an enthusiastic module LED. <laughs> That's quite a good one. Uh, uh, oh gosh, uh, that was it. I don't know, Charles. <laughs> I, I was just going to say. To think. You must have a list. I there, got I'm sure. nothing. You got nothing. I mean, I, I I no. Well, I I mean, I do a lot of stuff. There's nothing quite as amazing as this though. That ribbon control is quite cool. Uh, but you know it's funny because it, what you know what Corey was talking about just just then about you know tapping out stuff. I remember I was doing a remix for somebody. This was this is for uh, one two, which is Paul Humphreys, OMD Paul Humphreys, his his old group. And I I didn't like any of the the drum sounds. I think I was this is no, this is a long time ago. So I was using Reason. Um, Reason's good now. I'm just saying back then that was what I was using for this remix. Um, and I didn't, I didn't have any drum sounds that felt quite like what I wanted. And all I had was one of those, what was it? The AKG mics, the sort of, it's, you know, it's bigger than a pencil mic, but it looks like a pencil mic. Four, five, uh, and one. it's got a b small battery. 
No, it's got a battery in it. Oh, okay. It's, but it's it's a long cylinder. I, I forgot. That. It's like the 100 or the 1,000. Anyway, oh, uh, C-1000. C-1000. Yeah, C-1000. That sounds yeah. right. Yeah. So, yeah, I was, I had, all I had was that and one mic cable, obviously, and, uh, and a little, Pro Tools, uh, the inbox or something, you know, whatever, the one that stood up strangely. Um, and I just started doing stuff like, this. okay, I, I want a kick drum that sounds like this. And I'm just putting it against my chest, you know, hit my chest really hard. Yeah. And it made a great kick drum. And then I started doing all the, and all the drums that end up being on that remix uh, were just sounds that I just made kind of like that sitting in the spare bedroom in my old house. And, uh, and that ended up being the version that went on the album. I don't think they released their version. I think right. they just used my remix version on their album. It's the best drum sounds I ever had. And I still <laughs> I still use some of those sounds. <laughs> Excellent. Body girls. Sample pack. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, nice. Yeah. Uh, well, it's interesting. I mean, I, I forget who it was. I think it might be either Dave Spears or Mark Tinley who said what they used to do is sample hums and buzzes on a sampler. And during soundcheck, would just randomly play them so that yeah. the, the sound engineers would have a real nightmare. <laughs> just go, what's that? Yeah. Oh, and then oh spend God. all that ages. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh I did think God. of something, by the way, that's that's uh this continuing on my on what my thought was. That I I don't know if people have the resources to do this, because this this was quite resource intense. Um so you know, obviously I do I do a lot of live stuff. Well not nowadays. I mostly do studio stuff, but um because I tour a lot, I have access to PAs and things like that. And I had this this whole bank of drum sounds that I I really liked a lot, but I just I felt like they needed something different about them. And I tried things, you know, like adding spatial reverbs to them, things like that. Nothing quite worked. So what I did is I took all four thousand of these sounds and I ran them through a very loud PA system in a reasonably dead room. And uh Ooh. And mic'd up the PA, mic'd up the rest of the room, and then I it, took it all back, had it all on multi-track, and mixed all of those sounds together and just made like a stereo file. Like even 808 kicks that are that have just a little bit wow. of air on them, and the whole the whole drum collection. Uh, just it's it's one of the sort of things, you know, if I'm programming something that's just very electronic sounding, usually the client is like, but but what is it about the, something about these drum sounds? It just sounds different. It's like yeah. Well, ran through a that's, really loud PA. Yeah. That's a great <laughs> that's idea. Great. It's, it's, it's almost yeah. like the, the difference between, you know, uh, going direct from your roads versus micing it up through an amp. You did that with drums mm -hmm. in a, a performance room, a theater of some sort. That's really dope. I bet yeah. those drums sound great. I guess the trick yeah. is also yeah. is to sample multiple hits so that you get the mm -hmm. the round robin because otherwise the same ambient triggered again and again and again, you, you start to make those uh, repetitive. In fact, there was that... Um, I think it was last week or maybe the week before we talked about it, which was the new Trillium 1.5, the demo video for that, which was, uh, mm -hmm. the I forget the name of the two musicians, the Pocket Queen and I've forgotten that Greg Philland, uh, I can't remember his name now, but they just, they were in some uh, studio in LA and they just, it sounded, it was the Rue and it sounded amazing, just the, because you've got the sense of the living bass, you know, it was really alive mm. and it was just, it was sounded fantastic. So, yeah, I totally would go for that. Um, yeah. I'm just trying to think if we've got anything else. We've got, have we got, do we have anything else in it? Oh, uh, there was one other thing that I wanted to quickly throw up here, but purely because uh, tonight uh, at uh, 
um, creativepassport.net, which is uh, 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 Imogen Heap's new project, which is the idea is that it creates sort of digital ID for music makers, and they're launching their beta tonight. There is, in fact, a launch uh, video. She's doing this kind of launch show, which I'm going to try and get onto when I get back from from doing this, which is the sort of, uh, they're launching the beta of it. And uh, PPL in the UK, who are a big uh, performance royalty uh, collection agency, they're on board. And the idea is that basically musicians can sign up, have their own digital ID, which means that they can be easily identified without, and all the sleeve notes, you can be in charge of yourself to say what you did, what you've worked on, what your skills are. It's a really good idea. And it's also, I think the idea in the, in the end is also for helping track performance royalties and royalties for other things as well. I mean, it's a major project, but it's something I know she feels very powerful about so if you check that creativepassport.net big deal i don't know I mean, it's it's tougher in the u.s because they don't you don't get performance royalties you don't get as a musician who performed on something it's only writers credits and uh i guess mechanicals for the label not not the other performance it's a slightly different kind of mechanism i believe yeah writers and, and mechanicals and that stuff becomes really confusing and <laughs> especially when you get into the digital domain so yeah it's it can be a mess mm. but this sounds pretty cool okay, yeah interesting okay cool i'm just saying so um, i'm just looking at, i'm just looking at a, a comment that says uh, please use dark reader so your screen doesn't blind you when you show links okay Am I, is my screen blind? Maybe it is. Oh, that's a, I'll, I'll look into that. Thanks for the tip. I wasn't aware that I was blinded, but you know, maybe I look. Maybe I look like I am. It's probably just because my glasses focal length is designed for these, and that screen is actually a little bit further away, so I have to squint. Maybe it's not the same thing, but anyway, hmm. um, I think that was it. Oh yeah. Uh, well, I was going to plug something actually. Yeah, please well, that, do. Now, this is. I wasn't. I wasn't actually going to plug. Uh, in the traditional sense, because I have nothing to do with say, I just want to say I have nothing to do with this company. I I just bought the product, um, and but I have no connection to them whatsoever. But I was telling you earlier there there was this new plugin that I tried that I really recommend trying. Uh, it's made it's in in fact you guys may have even covered this for all I know. Uh, it's by Cornef Audio. Do you know those guys? Have you ever heard of them before? Cornef Audio. K uh, K O R N E F F Audio. I think they're yeah. out of New York, and so they make a a plugin called Talkback Mic, and it's just the greatest, absolutely smash it compressor. <laughs> it's so good. Wow. Talkback so limit. Talkback limiter. Is that what it's called? Yeah, a talk, talkback limiter. That's it. It's it's sort of like the Wolf compressor from Good Hertz. It's a bit like that, but you can do a bit more with it. And it's and like just sticking that on drums, you can have a pretty awful drum sound. And you put that on like, you know, whatever your your I, I like when I record drums, I'll do a what I call a meat mic, and it's sort of just an omnidirectional mic, just right above the kick, sort of next to the floor, the rack tom, and just put it on that, and it just it brings the drums out oh my god it sounds so good it's so good and you wow. you can control the amount of saturation you can control like the neo it's it's uh it, like if you click on the um on the uh logo on the on the plugin it opens up some more controls and stuff and it's like i think it's right now it's 39 bucks, bucks. It's, yeah, it's really, it's, it looks it's, like the it's, a, uh, it's the talkback section from an SSL, isn't it? Is that what it looks like? Yeah. I mean, it looks very much like that. That's what it. That's what it is. Yeah, it, it's it is so it's modeled so well. It sounds so 
uh, so good. It's so good. <laughs> I've, I, I find myself. Sorry, Sorry? Cowrie. Oh no, go ahead. No, you mentioned Good Hertz too, right? Like the the. Uh, oh yeah, the, yeah. The Volt compressor. The Volt compressor. If it's anything even nearly as good as the Volt compressor, I already know that it's great. Yeah, oh, I, I love the Volt compressor. I I use the, I you know it, the demo the demos for it are usually with drums and stuff like that. But I'll do things like I'll use the Volt compressor on like group backing vocals and just all kinds of stuff, and it just it makes it makes things sit really nicely in the mix and, oh dear. and especially if you I think add we a just broke the site. I, I I don't know. We've got that many listeners, but maybe they all went there at the same time. But <laughs> literally, it's now broken. Uh, but do try oh. again. <laughs> yeah, it's it it is. It's like I say, it's thirty thirty nine bucks. Absolutely worth it. Um, uh, uh, you know, a good friend of mine turned me on to it just a few days ago, and uh, I I just listened to. There's a demo of it on youtube that I, I don't think it's put out by them it's some person who recorded some cover song or something like that and the, the sound of the drums are not great and then he just sticks it on this one mic and mixes it in and suddenly it changes the character of the drums in such a positive way so you go from this sort of drum sound that just kind of is you know like a snare kind of boom you know that kind of which i can't stand that snare sound um but when he put that on the on the uh, I think it's just the mono mic they had in front of the kit and mixed it in. Oh, it sounded so good. I, I, I would go with just that one mic and, and screw the rest of the other mics. It's just that it sounds so good. And I've, I've got so many things that I've, that I've been, that I've recorded drums on that I'm in the process of getting ready for mixing. And I, just thought I'd try it really quick on on those. It's great. It's really fantastic. I'm just trying this. Is this the one? Does this look familiar? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, his baby's in the background. That's fun. Let's see. That's cool. I liked all those right where it's at for this. Wow. Um, so it's listening the context of the whole drum mix. Oh yeah. It sounds like sort of Keypex Valley people just kind of like just brilliant yeah, yeah. I, I love effects compression i really do and I, I i'm a sucker for it and i really have to watch myself because otherwise it's just over everything really loud well we broke yeah. their web i can't believe that's that, that's the first that's happened that's yes. awesome. well done Chicky. success yeah awesome. yeah we, we broke their website i'm gonna that's gonna be the show title i think well, I think good yeah, good job. Well done, everyone. Well done, <laughs> listeners. Thank you very much. You should be yes. proud of yourself. Excellent. Well, it just goes to show how effective a link can be. Wow. There we go. Uh, well, it feels like we're at the point of uh, perhaps time to, to to wrap things up. I want to say uh, once again before we go, do uh, see if we can break Isotope's website as well, shall we? Uh, I doubt it. Yes. Um, <laughs> Please do check out the 10% discount, Sonic10 at checkout uh, via the URL isotope.com forward slash Sonic Talk, and that'll get you 10% uh, with the Sonic10. Uh, and you can save a bunch of cash uh, on all of their products too. So we want to say thank you very much for them supporting uh, the podcast. Always much welcome. And uh, Corey, lovely to have you. Uh, it's been a pleasure, and I hope uh, your new modules are numerous and plenty and successful as as I hope the performer has been for you so far. I appreciate it, man. It's been good. It's been a good run so far and looking up. So yeah, thanks for having me, man. It's always a pleasure. 
You're more than welcome. And uh, Charles, again, thank you very much. And I hope uh, your chicken cocoa project, which you start tomorrow, uh, also gives you time to have Christmas, uh, whatever shape or form that's going to be this year. Who knows? But uh, I hope it works out. Yes. Well, the main thing is, you know, trying to end this, as I said earlier, a dumpster fire of a year, just turn it into a positive ending and get over that hump and... Bring yes. on January. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, as much appreciated. Uh, just another quick plug for our Patreon just before we go. If you uh, feel uh, like you'd like to support us, uh, patreon.com forward slash Sonic State will get you uh, access to a load of extra content that you can't find anywhere else. And that, that's being updated all the time, every time we do a review, or most times we do a review. And uh, a couple of things coming up. We've got uh, a review of the RME baby, baby face, and I forget the UFX. Uh, plus the uh, so Alta Music Solar 50 Big Drone Machine, and there's a bunch of other stuff besides. And if you haven't checked it out, check out uh, Ed's ALM uh, System Coupe review. But for now, Corey and Charles, thank you very much. We'll sail off into the sunset uh, as I press the end button. We'll see you all next time. Thanks for watching, folks. Bye bye now. Thanks, everybody.